It's December 21st, 2020. This is the time of ascension. We're entering into the age of Aquarius. Remember when the Mayans said December 21st, 2012 was supposed to be the awakening? They got it wrong. It's today when this episode premieres. What do they call this time? The Great Conjunction. Though just as many people as I've heard call it Great Conjunction, I've heard them call it Grand Conjunction. Is it great? Or is it grand? Or is this just the Mandela effect? Two timelines going on simultaneously, grand and great. People can't decide on what it is, so both are happening at the same time and you choose which it is. And then if that's the case, like, does that mean that every... Every, you know all the all the other Mandela effects like were they just mistakes being made and then years later people forgot like I'm gonna call it right now if you're listening to this episode years later someone's gonna be like wow they couldn't decide between great and grand and I saw it in both places therefore it was two different timelines no it's just nobody has the correct answer if you're looking for easy answers to astrology if you're looking to really understand what's happening with the planets, if you're looking to simplify it, but also potentially transform your life, my guest today, Tam Veyu, has an answer for you. She's the visionary behind Energy Almanac, and she's coming up on the Great Grand Conjunction episode, December 21st. This is Open Loops, Conversations That Bend. Hey, brain bender. Hey, mind tripper. Hey, looper. That's right. You're a looper. If you like escaping in your brain, if you like intellectualizing to the point where you create magic, if you want to go on a head trip, but you lack a clear destination, I've got a place for you. It's a place you can always go. A theme park for intellectual escape. A place where you can expand your mind again and again and again. It's a special spot called Open Loops, Conversations That Bend. I'm your host and chief looper, your curator of experience, Greg Bornstein. That's right. This is the show where we bring on many featured guests. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes the featured guest is my angry, unconscious mind. Is it angry or is it just expanding? you decide. But these are the conversations that are designed to bring mind-blowing insights about the topics that take us away from it all. Magic, art, hypnosis, secrets, psychology, spirituality, conspiracy, the supernatural, and who and what we really are. It's a late-night talk show for the shamelessly fringe curious. It's Open Loops. Thank you for being here. That's right. It's a big day. I said it in the intro. Uh, it's supposedly a big day. Feels the same to me. But that's because Skeptic Greg is peeking up. And Skeptic Greg, in this episode, takes on astrologer woman Tam Veyu. And she's ready to fight. She's ready to be like, Greg, here's astrology. And here's why. There's some legitimacy to it. 
and I really love her for it. I I really like her. Uh, Tam is so fun. Such an interesting person. This energy almanac that she's created is an awesome idea. And what I respect about Tam more than anyone else in the astrology field is she's the first person that I've met, at the very least, that's like, forget all the star psycho babble talk. Like, let's make this accessible and easy for people. That's why I highly, highly recommend checking out her work. Look up the energy almanac it is there uh the links are in the show notes i mean we go into it she gives me a bit of a reading which is very fun and in a time where planets are aligning and their shifts and the universe and the cosmic sphere and all this planetary garbledy gook that i could just spout at you for hours She's cutting through and being like, no, 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 look, this is a thing. Here's how it works. And Greg, I know you're skeptical, but I'm going to beat that skeptic mind into submission and give you a little room for some magic, give you a little room for expansion. I appreciate Tam for that. I'm grateful she came on. She's awesome. Such a warm person. Such a very, uh, such a cool person. I'm a big fan. You're going to like this episode. And at the very least, I mean, look, if you experience something on December 21st, 2020, as you're listening to this episode, I want to hear about it. As a matter of fact, in general, I would love to hear if you like open loops. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, please, if you enjoy the show, subscribe and rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I know I said I'd do it. Uh, I was going to bring back a... I was going to bring back a president to a, a former U.S. president to read one of the latest reviews. So here we go. This is a brand new review. Uh, it, it comes from a special uh, person. Uh, Mr. President, would you would you like to come on? Uh, uh, yes, I would. J.C. says. Wondrous, expansive, and led by a voice that holds your attention. An indulgent podcast that is full of fascinating conversations. It's a great listen beyond everyday conversational topics. Greg not only has a magnificent vocal quality, you must listen to this fella, but guides us through the minds, ideas, and stories of our fellow loopers. What I appreciate most about the work is the way he's able to listen and respond to his guests. A necessary balance. Uh, what a thrill. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Uh, hey, you want your name read and your words read by a former U.S. president? Hey, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it's going to happen. It, it will. It will happen. You could be one of the lucky selected. All right. Here she is, Tam Veyu. This episode comes up December 21st. December 20. That's the day. Am I having a time slip? Yeah. It's December 21st, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, good luck out there. We have Tam Veyu here. I said it right. Didn't I? Greg, you said it wrong. 
Just kidding. Oh, no. How dare you? (laughs) No, no. She's (laughs) tripping me up already. Tam, I am. Veyu, not your average coach, but more importantly, and this is what drew me in, the author, the creator of the Energy Almanac at theenergyalmanac.com. First off, thank you so much for coming on Open Loops, Tam. Greg, thanks for having me. I mean, how surprising is this? I didn't know we'd meet in this lifetime. Wait, wait, what? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I would guess that in another lifetime, long ago and far away, you and I made an agreement that we'd do this podcast, right? Oh my gosh. Wait a sec. Wow. You're already, you're already making my head explode. Um, <laughs> I can't tell if that's just something you say or something you like know deep based on your experiences as this spiritual guide and healer. Well, I, I firmly believe that you meet the people in your life by a decision that you made before you came into this life. So for me, it's very real. Like you and I decided we clickety clack through Facebook, find each other and you'd eventually interview me. Like I, I don't really believe in accidents. So I didn't mean to trip you up completely. No, no, this is good. This is good. That's what that's what I love when my guests do. Um, yeah. And you know what? You even like right before I was like, you know, uh, for everybody listening, I, I was like, OK, what are we going to talk about? And you're like, ah, uh, well, we're about to do the anti-astrology astrology podcast. And I said, what? What does that mean? Um, because you know what, Tam? Like, it is hot right now. It is a hot button thing to I mean, I guess like horoscopes were always a thing, but like it's trendy to say, uh, you know, oh, oh yeah, Mercury is yeah, like talking about Mercury and retrograde and all this. I mean, people, the apps I talk about all the time on this show, um, the pattern and, and co-star and all the memes that you get of Aquarius stuff. I mean, it's very interesting content and often triggering like some of the stuff is absurdly accurate. Um but where are you coming from with astrology? I'm very curious. Well, I am trying to lighten it the heck up, to be honest. Um, astrology is this, you're so right. Like it's scary accurate. And at the same time, sometimes it's a big miss. And people are afraid to dive into it because it's so flipping huge. It's this topic that is layered and layered and layered and layered and layered. And one of the reasons that I, I birthed this book called the energy almanac is because I really do want to help people connect the dots between their personal blueprint that they came in with ahead of time and, and the lifetime that they're supposed to have. Um, but, but through simplifying it, it, so my book is about simplifying astrology and putting it in basic language that everybody can begin to understand. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. How is that? How is that anti-astrology in your world? Well, I mean, I'm for astrology. I'm completely against astro speak. Oh yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, astro speak, like if I tell you, that uh, Mercury is stationing direct, Mars is retrograde in the sign of Aries, and there's a sextile between Saturn and the Sun at 20, at a sextile, that would be, I don't know, 30 degrees. Like, are you going to understand what I'm telling you? Do you give <laughs> Not a at care? all. Not at all. 
No, you don't care. And pe- astrologers lose people the minute they astro speak. So I'm against it. I have a beef with astro speak. I truly, truly do. And I will tell you, like my wrist has been slapped a time or two by ast- by astrologers. They love the astro speak, <laughs> and yeah. they they want you to be of a certain caliber and a certain language. And I just want more people to get on the bus. Wow. I'm really, I, I love talking to people that like would might describe themselves as like, you know, the bad girls of astrology <laughs> or like that kind of thing. <laughs> because, because I definitely imagine you might, you must ruffle some feathers. Um, have you had any like co- conversations with renowned astrologers where you like really, I don't know, started some sort of uh, provocation? provocation is my middle name (laughs) yeah I could tell Um, I could tell (laughs) I'm really not so much a provocateur as as I am a rebel um I I haven't had like world-renowned astrologers slap my wrist but I have had you know the local guru I'll use it like that you know they they'll they put their nose up and they talk down to you. They, you know, well, I've been doing this for years. Who right. do you think you are to write a book? You know, like that. Okay, well, that's no bueno. I want to offer something to everybody who is at a beginner's level. When I, you know, Greg, there's a real interesting story behind the energy almanac and how it was born. Yeah, Um, please. Very curious. Okay. You want me to go there? All right. Oh yeah. So the energy almanac, no joke was gifted to me through uh, a channeling and a psychic channeling. I went to a friend's house, a friend's office, excuse me. She's a, she's in business. She had called me up. Like it's time for us to meet. I knew she had been talking about, um, creating something. And I'm an illustrator and artist as much as I am a writer and a coach. So I'm like, Oh, cool. She's finally going to hire me for that illustration job. I'm so pumped. I go over, we sit down, I, we start talking small talk. The next thing you know, she didn't literally tap my shoulder, but it was as though she was tapping my shoulder and saying, uh, your business wants to talk to you. Mm. I said, right? I'm like, huh? What? I didn't know she was a channel. I literally had zero idea that she could channel information from the other side. So she proceeded to give me an almost 90 minute session where I was taking mad notes. She said, "There, there is a book. It wants to be born through you, through your art, through your writing. It's about astrology. And here's me. Imagine my hand, my face in my hands, crying. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying to myself, no, I'm a coach. I don't do that. It's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. You've got this. They're gonna help you and hang in there. This is for you, and the world needs this, and you're gonna do it. And it was 90 minutes of that, and I, I took notes. I went home and cried. And Greg, the closer I was getting to my home, which was like mm, 20 minute. 25 minute drive, the dots started to connect. I started to remember all of this astrology stuff that had been happening in my life from the time I was a little girl and my parents would talk about astrology to being in my teens and reading my horoscope like crazy every month 
to becoming an adult with children and being really interested in astrology. And, and I had been drawing illustrations that had to do with astrology. It was just coming together and it came together in the most synchronistic, crazy way. It was like a moment in time that you can't deny. Remember I said to you earlier in this, in this about like things happen because there's like a blueprint. Yeah. My blueprint just showed up like, boom, there it is. Now run with it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm wondering about, you know, so this incident, like let's really get around um, sort of the like, like there is the thought that skeptic Greg, who always pops up in all these interviews, um, he pops up and he's like, OK, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did this woman just go to a psychic of sorts and mentioned that she had an interest in astrology they know you're a coach they know you're an illustrator could this person have just been like oh i'm just gonna give someone a really good idea and say it was the spiritual realm like but you're making it sound like this astrology thing like really came out of like like why wasn't it just that why wasn't it just like a good business pitch to you why did it have to come from another world greg i hate the skeptic greg Oh. <laughs> well, skeptic Greg is so present. And you know what? I mean, do you think you can? I mean, you, if you're willing to take me to the other side, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'll go on the journey with you, Tam. I'm completely willing. So she knew I was an illustrator for sure. She knew I had creative talents for sure. But there was zero way that she could say, wait a minute. They're showing me this, I don't know, it's, I don't know, like, it. it's all these glyphs and things, and it's an effa, uh, if a, she proceeded to spit out, finally, an ephemeris, this is an ephemeris, I didn't even know what an ephemeris was. Yeah, I don't know what an ephemeris is right an now. Ephemeris is the literal um, chart that astrologers put together of the movement of each of the planets. And it's done like you can buy an ephemeris that would run run from 1950 through 2050. It's that far advanced and it's based on the degrees that a planet moves every single day. And I didn't even literally know what one was, but she spit that word out. Like she she was not guessing what Tam had the potential to do. She was telling me the potential that Tam would do. And she's, she's like, you're going to figure it out. Oh, and there's collaboration involved. And like, she has mm. no clue that I had, I had no desire to really collaborate. Greg, what I had done was I had been in prayer mode. I literally had been praying to God to return me to my roots of creativity. I had wow. been praying daily. Like I can't figure out how to incorporate more of my art into more of my daily life and still make a healthy living. And don't you know, three months later, I'm at my friend Abby's house or office, and that's what she gave me. Wow. Wow. No, wait and a minute. I, that this is this is good though. This is a good story. Um, sorry, what were you saying? I was just gonna say, like, I can I can try to like really shake you up a little bit because there's more. <laughs> Now, look, and also I'm like, she hates skeptic, Greg. I don't think you really I don't think you can possibly really hate it because every spiritual, you know what it is? Every spiritual person I've had on the show that is like, 
ah, yes, he is. He is. We are waiting for him to come on the other side with us. We're waiting. Greg is interested in this stuff. That just means he's like a spiritual, you know, like, like I'm still the caterpillar. They see it. They see the potential. Do you feel that way? I have a new life goal. And my new life goal is to make Greg a believer. <laughs> That's why I created this podcast, possibly. But I mean, look, I, I, I booked like a, you know, I have multiple people who've claimed they've experienced time travel coming on this show. Like, I am so open to people's experiences that I have to delve into this. And that said, like, first of all, I do want to get to your life goal um, because I think this will be an important thing. But second, like, yeah, add add to the story a little bit. What's going to shake me up even more? So I'm driving home from this business office and I can't even tell you how much mascara I lost that day. It was streaming down my face. The moment was so profound, not moment, the 90 minutes was so profound. Like I left her office in tears and I, you know, was doing the drive home and I'm remembering all that stuff that I was telling you about, but I got to this point in my drive home where I, I, so I live in Maine and it's quite rural in this specific area where I live and I'm pulling up to this intersection and I had only moved to my home maybe six months prior to this event. I'm pulling up and I, all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like it shook my head and I almost had to pull over because as I'm arriving to this intersection, I suddenly remember that as I was getting ready to buy this house, how I would stop at this intersection and I would say, oh my God, look at the big sky. It is so beautiful. And I would, it would, you know, I'm very much an emotional person and I, and I, the tears would come to my eyes. Like how could God make this much beauty and this much open sky for me? It's such a big sky. I had to pull over because she told me the name of this is Big Sky. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. So I'm like, oh, that's so weird, right? So I go home that week and I'm taking notes and I'm thinking and praying and contemplating all of this. And we're preparing for a trip to Cape Cod. My husband and I go to Cape Cod. We're walking around and there's these beautiful little cottages packed side by each on the beach of Cape Cod. And I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, this is just crazy. How am I going to do this weird? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And so we're walking and he taps me on the shoulder and he goes, Tam, look. And no sooner than I had put it out of my mouth. Like, I don't know how to do this. I look over to my left and there's this garage and a huge sign on the garage, big sky. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait. So I'm walking down. I'm like, Oh, I used like, you know, both of us, our jaws are kind of like open. Our eyes are rolling back in our heads. We keep walking. I go, do you, come on. Do you think that was really a sign? Are you sure? And no sooner than I said that this woman walks from behind us. We never heard her coming and she steps out in front of us. And what do you think was her tattoo? Oh yeah. Say it, Greg, say it. Was it a sky? 
Was it a big, big one? <laughs> big sky. Wait, did it actually say it? Or did it? It, did said, you... it said big sky and it was a moon on her shoulder. Okay. That, that's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. <laughs> I then knew like I had zero choice. God had picked me to do this project and I needed to make it happen. That was, that was the beginning of Big Sky Publishing and the Energy Almanac. Wait a minute. Wait a second. Wow. Wow. Have you seen more things since then that have pointed you in the right direction or does it, how does it work? Like, do you think you just see things and then the coincidences stop once you see them or can they go on after? Um, I think some of each for, for my life, some of each, you know, I, Oh, I have another really hilarious story. <laughs> um, when, I ask, when I ask for a sign, I really, really get, God is very loud with me. And maybe that means I'm dumb. I don't know, but he's very, very <laughs> I don't loud. think so, but yes, keep going. <laughs> so I, I was at one point in a very, it wasn't a dark place, but again, I was just questioning, like, I have this project. I'm so scared to do it. God, I don't know what to do. And if you want me to do this, then damn it. I want to see an owl and I don't just want to see an owl. I want to see an owl. And at the time that day, I happened to be working at a local retail store. Okay. Let's not joke about it. It was LLB. So right, walking- right. <laughs> that's main so, for you. Yeah. Keep that's going, main keep for going. you. So I go, I walk into my job at the time and they're like, Hey Tam, today you're going to work in the lobby. I'm like, Oh, the lobby. That's so weird. I don't usually work in the lobby, but Okay. So I go to the lobby. I'm like, what am I going to do? Oh, you're going to meet and greet people. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I stand around. I'm doing this boring job. And this uh, coworker walks up and she has a stack of papers in her hands. And I'm like, Alice, what are you doing? Oh, I ha- they told me I need to hang up a whole bunch of these posters in the lobby. I said, oh, good luck. So I kind of ignored her for a few minutes, but I turn around to notice that she's literally hanging posters of owls. <laughs> Oh, man, that's interesting. You know what I've talked about on this show? Uh, Rando nodding. Have you heard of this whole thing? No. One of my very early episodes, I talked about this. I feel like you'll love this. Um, It is a trend that started going on a lot during the pandemic where essentially um, using probability and quantum physics, even though, you know, seems like a buzzword in the certainly the new age field to just throw quantum physics in there without really knowing what it means. But I'm going to do that right now for you, Tam. Um, <laughs> quantum physics, somehow predicting high energy spaces in the world. I guess it's just like, it, okay, here's the idea. No, wait, I'm not even explaining this correctly. What it is, is the idea of, it's kind of like a GPS system that using probability and therefore quantum physics directs you in a different course, a different direction along a path than you would normally take. The idea being that if you go along this certain direction, you're more likely to enter another timeline or dimension or plane of existence than you normally would. And supposedly this app that lets you do it really kind of 
allows you to go into areas that are highly concentrated energetically um, based on the probability. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point, but I do know it it basically randomly sets you up with coordinates in a way that more probabilistically things will happen that, and here's the interesting thing, you set an intention and actually manifest. So owls is one of the ones that random knots do. They're like, I'm going to see owls today. They got on this app. They follow the direction it takes them in based on probability. And people report back seeing owls like you're talking about. I had a friend that did it with bears. She tried it out. She encountered many bears on on mailboxes. Now, Skeptic Greg is going to come back. Skeptic Greg is coming back and going, oh, is it just selective seeing? Is it just, you know, like the I mean, and I know you know this because of your uh, neurolinguistic programming background, like the reticular activating system in the head likes Mm -hmm. to focus what you focus on grows. Therefore, um, even, yeah, like reality tunnels, like what you focus on, you select. But there are also enough stories about this. That make me think intention manifestation mixed in with a little probability actually will lead you to finding things like this that you wouldn't normally find. Um, Are you drawing something right now, by the way? Oh, how did you know that? Holy moly. I heard you scribbling something. (laughs) I heard you scribbling something, which makes me think you are like somehow mapping out my entire life on a piece of paper. Are you? I am, I am drawing, I'm a graphic uh, recorder, so I draw as I speak, yes. Wow, 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 wait a minute, what are you, how do you, um, is this how you work with people normally? Like, are you drawing yes. as they work with you? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's correct. I, I just imagine it. it's a bunch of like, I, I, I imagine it's chaos. <laughs> no, it actually, I, I'm good at it and it's quite organized, actually. I'm a Virgo, so it's quite organized. Are Virgos drawn by, uh, well, I, I don't know. Should I say my sign? You probably know it. I don't. I have not guessed your sign, but I would love to suppose it. You tell me what it is and we'll go from there. All right. Well, I'm definitely in the, uh, the, the, the airy kind of stuff going on here. The, uh, a little, no, no, actually water. Um, actually, maybe I don't know because astrologists have pointed me in the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> I'm an Aquarius, January 21st, 1989. What does that mean to you? 1-21-1989. I officially know your age. And Aquarius is an air sign. It looks like water. Yes, that's what's confusing. Exactly. It confuses most people. No, it's an air sign very much. And it does not surprise me that you do this podcast open loops because um, first of all, airwaves, invisible area, Aquarius rules, invisible airwaves. So the fact that you're putting your voice out invisibly and it's very forward thinking, your topics are very forward thinking and that's very Aquarius. Also, what you do is good for the whole 
So another very Aquarius thing. I love that. And I'm going to get permission to pull up your chart while we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I And I was going to ask about, because I know you do, um, in addition to uh, EFT, which I haven't talked about on this show yet, but uh, emotional freedom therapy or people have different things. It's the tapping thing, folks. You tap. And, <laughs> um, yeah, tapping. You do NLP and also like it, I mean, astrology and numerology. Um, I was going to ask about the numerology stuff. Do they, how does astrology and numerology really work well together? Because I feel like some people come down hard on being, I'm only into numerology or I'm just into astrology. Like what, what is, what is up with that kind of thinking a and B how do they support each other? You think? Oh, wow. I would start with definitely how they support each other. Um, I just think the whole, it's either numerology or it's astrology is just being territorial, honestly. Mm, yeah, um, I, yeah. They work so well together. Cause if you think about, you know, somebody who is a 22 degree Virgo, uh, 22 has a very specific meaning. It's the, um, the architect architect of peace of harmony. So that would have very specific meaning to that sign in, in that day. You know what I'm saying? It's right. Every number has a meaning behind it. Every single number has a meaning behind it. And uh, astrology is a combination of symbols and numbers. So they speak together. They're speaking the same language. Maybe it's, oh, what do you call that? When you, uh, maybe it's colloquialism. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I think they're speaking the same language. What is your, do you, did you study like the history of these practices at all? Uh, only lightly. I have, I mean, I'm still in my studies and, and most astrologers, whether they've been doing it 20 or 30 or 50 years, will all tell you they're still learning there. It's so layered and deep. Um, so yeah, I'm just really early in my studies. I've been doing it for like three years and wow. other people like the astrologer who wrote the energy almanac for this year, she's been studying more than 40 years. And literally last week, she's like, Oh, yeah, I'm still learning. So wow. I don't like it makes me want to run away and cry because there's so much to it. But again, remember, I'm the, the like anti astrology astrologer, because I really am trying to simplify it to people to the basic information that will help people use it in their life. I want Greg, the skeptic to go, okay, well, I totally understand Mercury retrograde now. And this is why I'm going to be more careful. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I would love to, what is the, what is the simple explanation of that? People throw it around all the time and um, I'd love to know like what it means. And also like, how are people misusing it? Okay. So Mercury retrograde is Mercury rules thinking and communication it's the lower mind the higher mind would be like consciousness and your, your more spiritual mind mercury rules the thinking everyday routine type of mind so it's how you write how you speak um and general communication oh it also rules technology because technology is how we communicate these days so when mercury is retrograde it's appearing to move backwards in the sky it really isn't it just appears to so when it's retrograde it's clouding and confusing 
communication and technology, among other things. Travel to some degree, because Mercury does rule short-term travel. So things get super messy during Mercury retrograde. It's not a good time to sign a contract because inside of a contract is a lot of communication. And if you're not careful, you're signing up for something you had no idea you should sign up for. Um, it's, it's a time for looking inward or looking backward. It's, it really is a time to go slower. Mercury, when you think of it, you think of speed. It's a good time to go slower and match the pace of the planet itself. And you go inward when a planet is retrograde, it's about going in instead of being so external. Does that help a little bit? That does. That does. It, it makes me wonder, is it? Like, like, I feel like people use it, uh, talking about like what's happening for everybody. I mean, can it happen on the individual level based on like what your sign is, or is it like a, is it a mood? I guess is what I'm asking. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, yes to both. Um, it, it definitely can affect the individual different because everybody's birth chart is different. Your birth chart is not mine and mine is not um, Shirley McLean's, we all have our own personal chart. So yes, it will affect us all a little bit differently, but there's always a general theme. So let's give an example. We just came out of Mercury retrograde inside of Libra and Scorpio. When it was retrograde in Libra, this is a book right out of a page, right out of my book. I almost said that wrong. A page right out of my book from my life last month. Libra is the sign that rules partnerships and collaboration and contracts. Libra Libra rules legalities. So don't you know that I had a person I was working with, collaborating with, renege on our contract. We've been under contract for months during Mercury retrograde. She just like wrote me an email. I'm out. She's like, I'm out. I'm done. No warning, no forethought, no nothing. Just she was done. So it was a collaboration and it was a contract and Libra rules publishing. And it had to do with my next book. Wow. 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 Now, did you see this coming? No, 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 no. Never saw it coming. It was right out of the blue. Ah, During a Mercury retrograde, you'll often end up speaking to somebody from your past. Communicating with somebody from the past. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Now, why? I mean, this might be like a very complicated question, but why do the planets influence this? Do they? Well, this is this is going to be strictly a guess on my part. Can I can I do that for you? Yeah, yeah. Because because this isn't science. I mean, honestly, each of the planets represent like an archetypal energy. So when we think about Neptune, so Neptune is the ruler of the underworld. Uh, Did I say that right? Yes, ruler of the underworld. So it has this 
energy of darkness and confusion. Uh, it's, it's, so the planet itself, when it's overhead, will bring that to us beings on the earth. It's all energy. The, each planet has an energy that is archetypal. Um, so Jupiter, I call Jupiter Lady Luck. This is the planet of benevolence and hope and expansion and magnification. When Jupiter is nearby, it gives us hope. It addresses our belief systems. It's a vibrational energy that we being little antenna, I mean, that's all we are. We're little antenna or, or capacitors of energy picking up the energy from the planet and to me that's why the planets affect us wow it's energy matching energy or picking up on energy that's how i think of it yeah 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 i'm uh i'm also like interested in and by the way don't think i've forgotten we need to get back to my chart um but uh i'm, I'm interested in like your process for the energy almanac like you are so what's happening with this are you reaching out to astrologers each year you do it like different people or uh like like how does it work because i know you mentioned you're bringing in uh, you had somebody else do this round Yes. So, of course, when the book came to me at that meeting, I was like, well, I'm certainly not an astrologer. What now? And so I had to just put feelers out there. And that in and of itself was quite a process. And God led me to a miracle moment where I had my first astrologer. She agreed to do the second book. And then I was like, let's change it up and find somebody new. So each year what happens is I bring on a master astrologer and that astrologer will do a draft. I will go back and make some changes, send it back to them, send it to an editor, make sure that it's readable and really uh, palatable for the person who has no clue about astrology. My gift, Tam, I am the writer, the, the coach. I am really good at synthesizing information and making it palatable. And so that's my part of the job. So, um, Third year came along, the 2021 Energy Almanac, which just came out, was written by an amazing astrologer out of South Carolina. Um, she is very deep, deep into the layers of astrology. And so I had to keep bringing it back a notch, pulling it back a little bit, lightening it in tone so that our readers could understand what she was trying to say. So I'm kind of like the synthesizer of information. I bring yeah. in... I bring in the numerologist. I, I seek out somebody who's an expert in essential oils, yoga. We do gemstones, mantras. And then I add the coaching piece too. I, I always go in and I infuse coaching questions into the work so people can do some journaling as well. Hmm. Yeah, this is interesting. You know, and, and what I'm very curious about is the way you are a synthesizer. Because, you know, I mean, the truth is that sometimes people come to me and they say, Greg, like all that stuff, astrology, tarot, gemstones, uh, hypnosis, all the things that like I entertain on this show, like none of them work. None of them are good. They're all satanic. And Jesus is the way. And I'm like, but I've heard you talk about God a couple times. And I'm like, and so I feel like you're a pretty religious person. 
And like, okay, I guess what the big question I have is this. I feel like people that are doing it all, all the gemstones, all the essential oils, all of it at once, needing to make sure that their entire room is lit correctly, that the incense is proper. I feel like that's too much. But I also feel like people that are just like, uh, I, I just believe this is the one spiritual way. That's all there is might not be open-minded enough, potentially. I don't know the answer. I don't know if there's one right right way. Um, where do you fit into that spectrum? My answer to that is yes. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> um, so really, so I am very much every man for himself, every woman for herself, everybody gets to choose. That is why we're here on this planet to choose and to grow. When, when you said, I feel like you're a very religious person. I am not religious. I am, in my opinion, spiritual. If I can find God in a cracker, I can find God at my art desk. I can find God when I pick up the sand at the beach. I find God everywhere. And if you don't think that God has not perfectly placed the planets for us to be able to exactly know what we're here to do on this earth, I think you're crazy. I mean, all anything is, is energy. The tarot Mm. cards are simply reading energy. Gemstones are simply giving an energy. They're of the earth. Who put the earth here? God, in my opinion, in my opinion, that's all Um, right to me. It's all God everywhere. You look this snowball microphone I'm speaking into is nothing but the brilliance of God that brought it together. Um, You know, it's crazy to, to me to think there is no God. If things like me seeing a tattoo that said big sky, you know, walked in front of me just when I need it to. It's, it's the miracle of your child living when your child should have died, that you know that there's a God. Everything in my world is God and, and really and truly astrology. This is your blueprint. This says, by the way, I hadn't had an astrology reading prior to this download that was given to me three years ago. I went that summer and I ended up having two or three uh, astrology readings from my natal chart. And don't you know, Greg, in my astrology chart, in my career center, the center (laughs) of publishing, it said literally Virgo in in the ninth house of publishing, ninth house ruling belief systems. I'm a belief system coach. Yeah, like I had no idea, Greg. I had zero idea that that's how my birth chart laid out. Wow. And I was so oblivious, even though I had been deep in prayer with God about like, help me get to my creative part, like bring that back and let that be my money. It was in my blueprint and I, I wasn't paying enough attention to the little subtle messages. So he just like clonked me on the head and said, here. Here's this lady telling you for 90 minutes and then go get your damn blueprint read. So I had yeah. to start and there it was like everything you are meant to do, be experience or have, I think for the most part is in your astrology reading. 
So wait a minute. Are we saying let, let's come down hard on this opinion for the world to hear? Um, is it OK for people that are spiritual, new age, occult? I'm talking to everybody out there who attends psychic expos. It's OK to say God. Is that what you're saying? Do you believe? I feel like it's a bit of taboo. I do. Oh, my gosh. Hell yes. What's the difference? If you're going to call it nature, I don't believe in God. I believe in nature. Okay, same thing. I don't believe in God. I call it the big spirit in the sky. Okay, same thing. I don't believe in God. I call it the quantum field. Same damn thing for me, in my opinion. Luckily, I... I do allow for a lot of opinions out there, but yes, say the word God. I mean, I think the issue is, and I know I was raised Catholic. I remember like there's a lot of fear around that word. There's a lot of taboo around that word. If you had that church upbringing and I did, I really, really did. And, and I will be honest in that, you know, my mom really doesn't, is not cool with what I do at all. And my mom and I were best friends for a lot of years. But when I jumped into this world, she was like, can't go there. She's not, she wasn't coming with me. So we're still. Yeah. What do you think that is? Why, why is like, what is going on with Catholicism and exploring this alternative way of thinking? I wish I knew there's just so much dogma attached to it. Um, Was there a big campaign for it? Like, do you think it, I I really don't know the history, but I do wonder if at some point, like either people in the Vatican or um, just somebody who was a religious leader of some sort uh, or probably a political leader, like saw these other different ways of experiencing spirituality and came down hard as a way of imposing like one belief system. Like I really do wonder the roots of like this new age versus like Jesus kind of battle going on. I think it's a really good question. I don't know the right answer, except that I would say most churches and I'm like saying to God, forgive me for saying this out loud, but like so many churches, they want to tell you what to think. So when you go into something like astrology or, or just energy, like tarot cards and things like that, like you're getting all of a sudden to think on your own, you're getting to decide for yourself how things might be, what the natural order of the world is, etc. There's no rules, really, when you right. step outside of your dogma and your religion. So I I really think that's the biggest reason that most churches would disagree with something like astrology. That being said, there is, and I'm going to probably butcher the proper name for this. There's a biblical astronomy and it's a very real practice. It's a very, very real practice of looking at the positions of the stars overhead in the firmament, the firmament being kind of a combination of the sky and the quantum field. Um, And so you would see where the stars form the layout, for example, Virgo, and, and how that celestial gathering um, and the way the the stars move through it would create a reaction here on earth. There is biblical astronomy. If you look at the Bible, it's there. But again, it doesn't allow you to 
think for yourself, right? And I think that's where the churches struggle with our stuff. Wow. Interesting take. Interesting take. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm glad that I, I just wonder now, like, first of all, I want to look into that a little more. Um, second, are there Catholic priests that read horoscopes? Wow. I have zero idea. I hope so. <laughs> there are some very forward thinking Catholic priests. That's for sure. And I, and I will say this really from my heart. There are days I miss being a Catholic. There are days because the ritual was beautiful and I loved singing in the church and I loved watching the priest fold the cloth and drink the wine. And I loved that part of it, but I will say that you know, some of what they were trying to stuff down my throat was a hard pill to swallow. And so I left it quite willingly when I was in my probably uh, late twenties, having my Saturn return when I started to question everything. And yeah. uh, yeah. Do you think you'll get pulled back? No, no, not, not into the Catholic church, but church, the idea of church really, um, really soothes my heart. And I do know that we are up for the resurgence of home churches. Like I'm going to hold it this weekend at my house and I'm going to invite six or eight people to pray together. Like oh. that will be a thing in the future. That's I was going to say back. it's as soon as people start saying the word pray, that's immediately to me, it's synonymous with Catholicism generally, which is weird because I am uh, of the Jewish persuasion. Like I had a whole life where prayer meant a very specific thing. Like yep. I had a bar mitzvah. I know what prayer is. But whenever people publicly say like, yes, we should all like partake in prayer. I immediately think they're wearing a cross immediately. Oh, wow. That's yeah. really interesting. That says to me that you, you know, you really have some, some beliefs inside of you that really should be addressed. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Are we going to tap them out right now? Wait, uh, well, what do you mean by that? Could. We could, Greg. <laughs> um, to, I mean, prayer to me. Oh, like it just, when I say the word pray, I hope my whole body softens. I just melt into a puddle because now I'm in conversation with God. What? I get to do that whenever I choose. Are you joking? What a gift. And that, wow. and I mean that from my heart. I mean that like that's prayer to me is a conversation with God. And it's not, I write my own prayers. I don't, even though I will tell you this, I'm very interested in understanding the Bible most of my prayer is from my own mouth and it's either something I've written or something I just need to say. Um, prayer to me is just the giving of problems to God, the giving of glory to God, the giving of thanks. Every piece of gratitude is simply a prayer to God. Wow. I really never thought I'd go into the God discussion with an astrologer on my show, but <laughs> this is, I, I need to ask another follow-up, which is, when you are praying to God, what exactly are you seeing? Oh, that depends on the day. Um, on like, does it morph? Like, like I feel like some people really go for Jesus and they see the picture. Pictures are everywhere. Jesus is very popular to look at. Like, they have an image. Um, you know, uh, it, like, like 
you know, it, it is very specific. It makes sense as a, a from an acting background, damn, like I went to school, I trained in acting. They always talk about uh, when you're doing a monologue, for instance, and even when you're doing vocal exercises, like delivering it to a ab an invisible person someone that you feel something strongly about so like on the other side of it you're seeing something so i suppose i've been conditioned in some ways to always have like a human conduit but i've never really understood prayer to something that might not be a human form even if it is like really kind of ethereal and of the imagination <laughs> what a big question. That's so interesting. Um, so I, I suppose it's very, very personal for everybody. I remember being conditioned to think it was a white man with a long white beard in a white robe and holding a staff. I remember that. I remember trying to image like like what you see in the movies right yeah uh, like monty python or something <laughs> yes yes um but for me now as i've evolved when i pray to god i am not imagining god i'm imagining the person or the thing i'm praying about if i'm sending prayers to the middle east because there's war then i'm imagining the middle east and the deserts and the people oh wow so, yeah, to me, uh, when I'm praying about my granddaughters, I'm picturing their faces and I'm wishing, I'm wishing them happiness and health and wealth. And I'm imagining that, that for them. And it's really less about who I'm praying to as much as it's, you know, who I'm praying about. That's an amazing hack. Everybody out there, <laughs> and I know you describe yourself as a life hacker. Um, so like, good on you for figuring that out. But yeah, yeah, like next time you go to church, folks, think about what you're praying about and see if there is a difference. Like, what if you just trusted, even if you do believe in Jesus? Like, what if you just trusted that Jesus was there already? Like, you can keep, you know, he is there already. You see the, you see him everywhere. Like, you know what he looks like. Like, why not skip the step? Just trust. And they'll go right to the, I mean, you know this too, as a neuro-linguistic programmer, like you have to, they always talk about how you are so much worse off imagining what like a negative version of your outcome. Oh yeah, well, I would get over procrastination. Yeah, but what's on the other side? The smart outcome thing. What is you the visualization? You need to have something to go towards, even though there are a way there is a way programming and people you like eventually i don't care how far you're like repelled by something if you're gonna achieve there's no way to keep moving towards like less of a negative it has to go right. positive right. um right. yeah and i wonder if that you know in astrology do you find there's a connection there as well like like is there is there always a positive manifestation going on in astrology like does it always lead towards that or is there any sort of uh void kind of thinking in there i feel like there's not intuitively but i'm curious your take well so this isn't my take because i'm so new at this i would go to the i would refer to you to the master astrologer stephen forrester who does evolutionary astrology and he's brilliant i'm i'm in my second or third book by him now and he says greg every front has a back so what does that mean 
Let's talk about Jupiter again. Jupiter is the planet of hope and optimism and expansion and and good fortune and abundance. Well, the opposite of that, the backside of Jupiter would be um, pie in the sky thinking. Oh, it's all going to be okay. So never mind. Like it's being overly optimistic. It's being, it's not being practical. It's being impractical because you just overly trust that everything's going to go your way. So I think it's realistic. People, so many people go through life without knowing what their astrology is or what their blueprint says. So, you know, free will comes into play and what could go so very right by one degree can go so very wrong just by making that one degree turn can go exactly the wrong way. So is there a way to use astrology to make sure that you are moving towards the right degree, the right angle? Well, yes. In, in knowing your chart, in taking the time to understand this is how I'm wired for, for one thing, it's your wiring. Okay. So I'm a Virgo. I'm wired for um, hyper analysis and perfection. So by knowing that when I start bumping up against, I don't seem to be going anywhere. How come I'm not going anywhere? Oh yeah. Well, you just spent 10 days analyzing the situation instead of putting your feet in front of you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. By, it's the more, you know, the more you grow. And I say that with coaching, even before I did astrology, the more, you know, about yourself, the more you grow, but look, Greg, inside of your blueprint, it will tell you, it literally tells you the exact way forward to make this lifetime easier. The, the potential hurdles for you are, are mapped out and the way forward for you is mapped out. It's called the North node, your way forward, the tools you can lean on. It's called your North node. If you know your North node, you're in a sweet spot. Oh my gosh. What are you looking at right now? Do you see it? Uh, well, I need your city and state where you were born. <laughs> I had some guy do like a natal chart. Is it is it natal? Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I called it nasal chart by accident once. A nativity, <laughs> nativity chart. That would be your nose chart. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, 1989. So, so uh, Boston, 49. Mass. Sorry. Um, I believe at one. Oh, gosh. 152 or is it 125 my mom keeps telling me something different um i believe it was 152 a.m or p.m a.m okay so let's take a peek at this Ooh, lovely 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 okay so oh you're at one degree Aquarius sun, your moon is in cancer and you are a Scorpio rising. So this makes perfect sense that you are doing this podcast, Scorpio rising. Okay. So first let's talk about the triad, the primal triad, Yeah. your, your sun, moon, and rising. Those are the three that most people, if you were to say, Hey, tell me your astrology, they can usually quote their primal triad. So for you, you are a sun in Aquarius. The sun represents who you are when you're alone. It's who you are at your core. Okay. So if Greg is by himself, he's like forward thinking, wants to help people a little bit emotionally aloof or distant. <laughs> um, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's when you're alone, right? 
Um, emotionally, you're a cancer and cancer cares about home life and they're very nurturing and they're, they're pretty emotional. They can lean on being dramatic. So oh, hello, yeah. Your, yeah, your drama background, that makes perfect sense. And you are your drama. Let's see, your cancer is in the ninth house. Your moon is in the ninth house. Okay. Of publishing, which again, podcasting, publishing, there we go. But your Scorpio, the, uh, your rising, your rising sign is how other people see you. If somebody were to walk up to you and guess your zodiac sign, they would probably say, oh God, you're a Scorpio. Because the, the um, rising sign is the mask you wear to get through the world. It's like your coping mechanism, kind of. I'll just put on this little Scorpio mask so that I can do things like look at the occult and mysticism. That's what Scorpio really loves. They're very in the underworld. They're deeply emotional. They're very curious about mysticism, sex, sensuality, the underworld. Um, wow. Yeah. Yes. And that, that's yes. your rising sign. Does that make sense for you? That does. That definitely okay. does. Yeah. Right. That's the key part. But then we talk about, I said the North node, like if you know what your North node is, it is going to help you understand how to move through life more fluidly. So your North node is in the sign of Pisces in the fourth house. So this is suggesting to me as a student of astrology that you could perhaps lean in on um, your dreams, your dream world and your intuition. Pisces is that very deeply spiritual sign. And it's asking you to lean in, vision, dream into it and be creative, particularly around home life and playfulness and creativity. Wow. Yeah, that's your way forward in this lifetime. Wow, wow, wow. In a past lifetime in your career, you were very practical, very orderly in a in a karmic lifetime. You were very um analytical, hyper analytical. You, yeah, your south node is in Virgo in the career center. So you've done all the analytics you've done. You were, you were probably like um, a lab worker or a doctor or something. Cause Virgo is very holistic health. Um, in another lifetime, you were probably that. And this time it's like, no play, play really often. Uh, use your intuition, dig into your spirituality and have some fun. That's your way forward. That sounds amazing. I appreciate right? you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where does he, where do you think like the, um, so, so what is the Aquarius aspect of that? Is, is that just like, it all adds up to being an Aquarius or how does that fit in? No, the sun, the sun sign that anybody like, what's your horoscope? Oh, I'm, I'm an Aquarius. That's your sun sign. Your, the sun sign is your ego. That's how your ego plays out. And like I said earlier, it's who you are when you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. You are innovative, hopefully using your intuition. You're outside of the box. You're not you're you're not like everybody else. I have a daughter's an Aquarius. I totally get this. And again, you have this 
um, this way of like distancing or, or maybe being aloof emotionally. You can be practical in your thinking when it comes to getting things done. Aquarius is about the good of all. It's not about just you. You want to help everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yours, yours is in the third house of, of, oh boy. So yours is in the third house of the student teacher, uh, learning and education. So you want to do outside of the box kind of learning. You're oh my really gosh. Here, yes. Right. <laughs> that's really, that summed it up right there. Out of the box learning. Like that's why I created this whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and to let's top it off. Let's put the, the cherry on top. Your Mercury is also in Aquarius. Mercury's communication, right? Didn't we say this? Yes. yes. Mercury's communication in the third house, which really deals with communication. The third house is about communication. Wow. Okay. This is amazing. I, I appreciate you doing that. Here's one thing I need to ask you because I've never understood with the numerology. If I add up all the numbers, I'm pretty sure I get to four, which, yeah, I, I'm almost positive it's four, which is like the law and order one. Life <laughs> three. I'm doing the math real quick. Four or five. Uh, it's four or five, I believe. Four or five. I forget. Well, there's a big difference between them. So let's make sure we get it right. That's 18, 21, two, three. 23 plus eight. All right. So two, three, that's a five. It's a five. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> There's a huge difference. Um, 121, 1989, correct? Yeah. Okay. I am, I'm going to do it one, one more time. I know I've done this so many times because I read all these numerology. Everybody listening, more insight oh, into my life. No, that time I came up with four. <laughs> okay, okay. I read all these Twitter feeds from numerologists that are, I don't know, there's there's a weird numerology corner of Twitter, Tam. I don't know if you're like privy I didn't to know us. that. I should go look at it. <laughs> I, I'll send you some stuff. There are frequently like right wing leaning like alpha males who are into this. Estra I, I don't understand it, but um, it's a it's a thing. Um, and they're very much about like the numbers are correct. They don't lie. Once you know numerology, you know the world, you know about the elites. True. And, um, true. But then they're like, add it up. This is your life path. And I'm like, what? How yeah, I even close to a four. I don't understand <laughs> what that means for me. So, so he, I, I'm totally into astrology as well because I firmly believe everything is coded ahead of time. Like, I, it's just like the the astrology blueprint. Everything in the universe is numbers and symbols, numbers and symbols, numbers and symbols, and they tell a story. You just have to. You only have to glance at astrology to see how deeply connected things in. So the number four is your number is actually 31. Three plus one equals four. Four is the num four is the master number of your life path, but you have sub stories of three plus one. So we'll go over all of them. The number four for is about actual manifestation. It's the number of um, earth. 
the four directions that it's about stability and uh, how do I want to say this structure form and structure, Greg, that's right. what I'm going to say. So are you a very grounded person? Pretty rooted? <laughs> I definitely don't think so. Um, don't think so really? Well, I, I just think with all the Aquarius stuff, all the, I mean, I suppose people might say with like, oh, well, he's got a, he's got a deep voice, but like, <laughs> I feel like people that know me are like, oh, this guy is so like, I mean, the show's called Open Loops. It's about constantly opening new tangents and like going right, off on creative kind of spur of the moment, spontaneous, wild thinking. Yeah, but have you been able to, like, think about the structure of your life or, I mean, more there? Like, have you, have you been off on wild adventures? Are you like that gypsy spirit? Because a five would be like a gypsy spirit. A four is typically a pretty grounded, rooted, like. I guess you're right. Can, yeah. And can manifest like if you have like been at one job for a long time, if you like have always lived in the same place, you're probably. Yes. 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 That's what we're talking about. Your your life path is a four. My life path number is a nine. That means I am here to put my best foot forward for humanity. My goal and my gift is to give all of myself to everybody to help heal. That's a life path nine. Now you have sub stories, the three and the one that make your four. So your three is about your creative spirit. So yeah, when you take one and two and you put them together, you come up with something. It's the next number. It's three. And three is about creativity. And the one is your literal, um, channeling from spirit it's the individual think about how the number one is written it's a channel of light coming from god or spirit into the human being and grounding it into earth so your intuition it's like you you may not even want to admit this skeptic greg (laughs) you do have this little piece of you that's you know um innovative and intuitive and you are a creative spirit and you're using it to ground and manifest your life and that's your life path oh wow 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 this definitely resonates wow okay Okay. so you are the author in the illustrator, I also want to see this illustration you were doing. Um, <laughs> of yeah, you'll have to show that to me after this. I don't know. Okay. Um, this uh, you are uh, of the energy almanac, which came out November first of this year, the twenty twenty one energy almanac. That is, you're doing it every year. And also, I, I'm curious about your coaching. Like, is that that's what you regularly do? You're working with people one on one. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I do. I call it transformational coaching, emotional transformational coaching. I use energy psychology techniques to help people bust through the BS and the BS being exactly what you think it is. All the crappy stuff, crap, conflict, resistance, anxiety, and problems. Um, Because it stinks. The, you know, the unconscious mind holds the old stories from childhood And, you know, you can go into neuroplasticity and epigenetics and neuroscience to discover the way the brain holds information and energy psychology can bust through um, 
painful stories and make it so that your brain will know that you went through that trauma, but not hold the trauma and, and continue to resonate with pain. So you'll, you'll literally forget what that pain felt like. You'll see it and you'll go, Oh yeah, I did do that thing. Didn't I, but not feel it. Wow. Are you doing a lot of, is it, it, well, I don't know. I'm sure it's different for each person, but like, do you have a roll call? Like if the tapping doesn't work, then you do the, then you do the NLP. And if the NLP doesn't work, then you do the, or like, like, how do you usually go in when you're working with someone? Guess what? The, uh, the EFT has never not worked. Oh man. Wow. It's really, really powerful. I I can tell you a couple of the really profound stories. I'll I'll be as brief as I can for you. Um, One of the pleasures that I've had in this lifetime and highly, highly emotional was working with veterans, um, Vietnam veterans. Greg, the horrors that these people have lived through is nothing short of mind boggling, the horror. And I went to a retreat and we were working with, uh, we, we introduced the idea of NL, EFT to these men. There was probably 20 of them. And then one at a time, we'd see the men in our, in our office. It was myself and another EFT practitioner. And these, um, a man would come in and he would literally say, I haven't slept through the night in 50 years because that's when the war was 50 years ago. He had not slept through the night in 50 years. He would average three or four nights, uh, three or four hours of sleep per night. Wow. So we asked him, what was the story? What was the biggest event that was keeping him up and proceed to tell us horrific war stories? I literally sat in the office sobbing as this, these men are telling stories, but good practitioner that I am when the time comes, you turn it on and you go and we start tapping and tapping and tapping and talking about the story and working 20 minutes later, we send them out of the room. And we take the next client next morning at breakfast, you walk up to the, to the client and you're how, how was your evening? And they're crying. I slept through the night. Wow. Wow. This stuff is, I mean, is it, is it, uh, like you're opening up chi? Uh, is it the chakras? The things are flowing again? Like, like, do you have any sort of uh, what is the TAM simplification of EFT for people that know what they're tapping? Well, it's all energy. So you chain, you remove the emotional energy from the memory and drain it from the body. And then the brain doesn't know what to do with it. It's like, oh, there's no emotion attached anymore. So I'll just put it in a different file folder. So it's kind of like your brain has a file drawer of all these traumatic events. Yeah. And and one is labeled fear and one is labeled deep sadness and one is depression and one is I can't believe I did that to another human being and you know they, it had there's just these stories and and with EFT you take a, you take a file folder out one at a time you open the story and you look at it. And in EFT language you feel it in order to heal it. So we help the client to feel that pain, like revisit it for just a couple minutes. I promise just a couple of minutes. Tell me the story. And the person will bring the story up as though it's happening right now. And we just start tapping 
I release and let go. I release and let go. I surrender this story. I give it up to God. I, I, I bring God in. Not every practitioner does certainly. And within, within 10 or 15 minutes, you can take a person from, I am off the charts in pain, a 25 out of one to 10 down to it's a two. And I'm not even sure what that memory was about. I, I mean, there are stories about people, practitioners who will say the client can't remember why they showed up in my office because the, the change was that profound. Wow. That's yeah. so cool that you're doing all this. Uh, I mean, wait, one more question. What is neurochemical transfer? I've never wow. heard of that modality before. I know yeah, that might be a huge question, but no, it's not a huge question. It's just not a well-known uh, modality because it's by this fantastic uh, practitioner here in Maine. And his name is Dr. Fred. And Dr. Fred isn't practicing anymore. And he didn't get it out to the world. He actually trained under the two gentlemen who started Emotional Freedom Technique back in the 80s. He's in a, a phenomenal um naturopathic doctor who developed neurochemical transfer, which is the process of, it's almost like EFT, except that it's done through a breathing technique. So it's like putting your palm of your left hand on your forehead, putting the palm of your right hand on the lower part of your brainstem where the back of your skull, and you literally give your head a hug, remember the painful memory and deep breathe through it. It's it's literally that simple of a process. Yeah. And, and in probably something like, blah, 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 I think we do five really deep breaths. You can remove the pain from a memory because the breathing moves the energy in the body. And some of the um, language patterns that we talk them through as they're doing this breathing process, it can take care of a memory just like this. Just like oh this. Oh my gosh. Now that is interesting. I could probably do a whole nother like three hours on that. Um, just because like I that's I love healing modalities I've never heard of. Um, yeah. and I wonder where, you know, like where would you use that versus where would you use EFT? Um, though part of me just thinks, Tam, that you kind of like follow the intuition. Absolutely. You always have to. A good practitioner in my mind always follows the um, always follows the energy and knows what to do next. Um, I had a client right before this call I was working with, and he is this rough, tough Coast Guard guy. I love working with the men. I love to to break them wide open. Yeah. And and I've known him for a long while, but we've been in each other's periphery. Um, and he finally decided he wanted to do some emotional work and something just kept telling me, go spiritual with him, go more spiritual with him, go more spiritual with him. And so I gave him tools that I don't normally give on the first session. And he literally slammed himself back in the chair and his jaw dropped open. And he had this big smile come across his face. Like this is this big dude. This smile came across his face and he goes, Oh my God, that is just what I needed. It's that moment that you know that you're doing the work you're meant to do. That's when you know you're a nine. <laughs> That's when you know you're a nine. Good job, Greg. You're listening. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening. Do you feel like you've, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, are, is, it still, is it still your mission to make me um, a believer? 
I definitely <laughs> believe a little more today. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I'm definitely on a path to make you a believer. I am. I am writing that one down. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been, I really, you know what? I think everybody's got to check this out. Even if you don't believe, even if you just want to learn more about astrology, because I feel like there's, there's a lot of uh, misunderstandings actually. Yeah. Do you think they're right now to all the people out there checking the daily horoscope going on the apps? What do you think you buy it? Should, should people look at those things differently? Should they ha should they buy the energy almanac just so they're not taken in the right direction? Like, what do you think for the popular astrology practices out there? What would you tell people so they don't go off on the wrong track? I just say the horoscopes aren't enough. They're just not in the energy almanac. What we're addressing is what we call mundane astrology. It's the astrology that is affecting everybody. If you truly, truly want to live through the planets and plan by the planets, then you want to understand ahead of a week ahead of time, exactly what's going on. Like we're living currently, you know, through the election madness, the whole fact that the election result was not able to come to fruition on the day of the election was well predicted by every single astrologer. It was everybody who was an astrologer knew don't expect a result today. Don't expect it for several days. Mercury, Mercury was just beginning to move forward, which meant nothing but confusion. We knew that was, it's a thing. If you know ahead of time by using something like the almanac, you can plan your entire life differently. A horoscope that says every Virgo is going to experience wealth issues in November. That's just not for real. It, it's, it's too general. It's not going to make sense. But the almanac is telling what the world is going to experience. And it's just much crisper, much cleaner. And it's just, uh, it's about getting in flow and getting in sync with the rhythms that are going on in the planet. Wow. This has been, you know what? Tam Veyu. Tam Veyu. Tam Veyu of shopbigsky.com choosebigchange.com where actually you can get some pretty interesting insights into yourself uh you've got like a, a nice free report there as well as you can book a free strategy session with you which is always love those sessions i always get uh sometimes i just get enough out of a strategy session with a coach oh, yes. um yes. so and, and clearly you went into it with me today so like yeah definitely check that out but also check out the energy almanac um yeah i i really thank you for sharing everything you shared with me today um uh, this has been a lot of fun Tam, if you are, you are looking at the planets right now, the election result supposedly has been determined. Um, 2020, we're living in a pandemic. You're looking at the charts. You're looking at the sky. What is your final words of wisdom for us to get through moving into 2021? Ooh, uh, I'm glad that you asked that. Um, so look, 2020, there were four key words that I picked out for the entire year. And Greg, I think you'll see how accurate they've been. For 2020, the words are rebuilding, restructuring, responsibility, and vision. And just if I have just a minute, rebuilding and restructuring are obvious. We're rebuilding how we do life because of the pandemic. We're restructuring yeah. 
we're restructuring the way we do life. We're restructuring how we do work, how we do school, how we do healthcare. Everything is being rebuilt and restructured. Responsibility is about the way that you show up in this new world. It's the, do you respond or do you react? It's your responsibility to make your way through what is happening right now. And vision is about 2020. What kind of vision does every human being hope to have, but crystal clear on point vision. And it's your job personally, your responsibility to foresee a beautiful world where we are free to move about the planet. Vision for your goals and achieving them is your job. So that's been 2020. And I would love to lay out the three words that are going to matter for 2021. Yeah, please, please. So Greg, I made it super simple for you to remember you little skeptic. (laughs) (laughs) The A, B, C's of 2021, adjust, balance, and co-create. 2021 will be So if 2020 was a tsunami, 2021 is a hard crashing wave, but it does not have the volume or the height of the 2020 tsunami. This is just like a big wave coming in. So it's going to be up and down. It's going to be like a roller coaster. There's going to be some really pivotal moments in 2021 that we're going to have to adjust point blank. We're going to have to say, well, I thought I was going left, but maybe now I'm going to go to the right. And we have to be willing to allow our thinking to do that. You have to be a little bit flexible, be willing to let go of what you thought you knew, be willing to let go of the past. The question for 2021 is status quo or forward flow. We're moving into the age of Aquarius. Status quo. Status quo is Capricorn. That's very like rigid, stable, old authoritarian. The age of Aquarius starts December 21st, 2020, and it's going to be hopefully forward flow. So when you bump up against it next year, you keep asking yourself status quo or forward flow. Wow. I age of Aquarius too. Like I'm an Aquarius. Does this mean anything for me? Of course it does. <laughs> you're, you're the you're one of the leaders. Um, honestly, it, I would want to look at your chart to answer that. But to me, I would think I always think that people who are Aquarius, and as I said, I have a daughter who's Aquarius. I think they're so um, ahead of the game. I think about how you already innately choose for the group instead of choosing for yourself. That to me puts you ahead of the curve. So you have zero to worry about. It's the people who um, are more naturally all about themselves who might struggle with status quo or forward flow. I think skeptic Greg is nervous that I'm a selfish piece of crap secretly. Oh, and I don't really care about oh, anybody. Oh, Greg, you need to call me for coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everyone say this? Everyone's like, Greg, you need therapy right now at the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, you know, the egoic, there's the self doubt. It creeps up once in a while, but you know what? No, I, I, I am happy to bring people out there, people of different voices and different backgrounds, because uh, to me, communication is the only way through like good 
communication of ideas that you vastly disagree with is just as important as those you do agree with. So, um, hey, do I disagree with you at the end of this? I don't know. I think I just experienced a different reality. Um, and Tam, Vayu, Vayu, Tam, Vayu. Oh, gosh, I got it wrong. Tam, Vayu. Thank you for sharing your reality with me today on Open Loops. Oh, this has been ridiculous amounts of fun. Oh, come back anytime. Okay. <laughs> Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops.